All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. Uh, kind of real quick before we jump into everything, uh, anything awesome, eventful over the holiday time, New Year's or Christmas? Anything new, Brandon? Oh, not a whole lot. Watched a little bit of football. Nothing no, too exciting. No, no epic, <laughs> uh, no epic New Year's or anything. No, not really. We kind of just hung out at home and had some snacks and watched the Michigan game. Yeah, wah, which, wah. We'll, <laughs> which we'll get to. I watched some of the Bama game too. Yeah. Well, I uh, I didn't have too much go on, but I do get to start out 2022 with uh, something a little extra this year. Apparently in 10 days, I gained nine pounds. Rock. So, yeah, go me. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. <laughs> yeah. So got a New Year's resolution right there sent for me. Lose nine pounds. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, yeah, that was, that's definitely what happens when you spend 10 days and you don't regulate anything you eat after you've been on a, (laughs) a meal plan. Right. Oh man. There were some, uh, my, my stomach was angry with me a few times, but anyways, back to reality. Here we are after new year and, uh, the new year welcomed us with quite the interesting Lions game a lot more action than we anticipated Uh, it almost kind of makes me think of the San Francisco game at the beginning of the year yeah Um, and I was also earlier that day like wow the Patriots put 50 on the Jaguars (laughs) and then the Seahawks are like hold our beer and decided 51 to 29 um, I didn't expect that much scoring in a game. I did pick the Lions to lose, but I didn't think there was going to be that much scoring. Um, Tim Boyle got the start again. It was a lot of the reason I didn't expect that much scoring. <laughs> he went 22 for 37 for 262 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. And I questioned many times during this game, how was this guy in the NFL? And how bad is David Blau? Yeah... What is up with that? Yeah. Um, DeAndre Swift had four carries for 32 yards. That was great. <laughs> um, Amon Ross St. Brown had eight receptions for 111 yards, a touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. Um, I saw somewhere that he is the first rookie receiver to have three games in a row, or four games in a row, with eight receptions or more. Which is crazy because Randy Moss existed. Hmm. (laughs) And Randy Moss was crazy his rookie year. I think he had a game there and he had like 20 receptions or something ridiculous. Yeah, I remember how crazy it was. Um, On the defensive side of the ball, the Austin Bryant had a sack. That's pretty much it. Because the defense was horrendous. Yeah, there was like no defense, what it seemed like. Yeah, but the Seahawks had lots of offense, and Russell Wilson went 20 for 29 for 236 and four touchdowns. 
Uh, Rashad Penny had 25 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. And it seemed like every time he got the ball, he was gaining like 10 yards a carry. It's ridiculous. Uh, DK Metcalf had 63 yards for and three touchdowns. Now, defensive side of the ball for Seattle, um, DJ Reed had two of the three interceptions. But yeah, probably the worst game that the Lions defense has played all year. Just horrible. Yeah, that that was surprising. Granted, they had they have lots of guys out and what they've had. Like it, we're pretty much working with no corners. Like even Oruwariye's out. So we're down to like Ifatu Milan Vanwu is like our number one corner. And he's like a fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah. So yeah. Rip. <laughs> like bare bones basically back there. Um so I'm not really surprised that the defense kind of sucked, but and I didn't expect the offense to score twenty nine points, I can say that. No, yeah, I wasn't uh, at all. You had, I had 20, you had 17. So, man, like, I swear, every game that Tim Boyle plays, they talk about how strong of an army has. Like, he's still skipping balls on the grass in front of guys. And then every single pass he has is off target. Like, dude can't hit the broad side of a barn. Mm -hmm. Like, every pass is like behind a guy over his head. I'm like, I understand that he's a backup, and there are like, there's 32 teams in the NFL, and each team has two to three quarterbacks. So the odds of someone who doesn't really deserve to be in the NFL is going to be in the NFL. But like, how does this dude, like our number two quarterback, like I don't even think he could he could start in the XFL. Yeah, I I could agree with that. Yeah, no, I mean. <sighs> Especially with the way that things have been this year with um, uh, along with COVID stuff, but then also all the uh, injuries with the Lions and everything, you would think that they would have somebody prepared, but he does not seem prepared. No, not at all. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that most of the other teams, they're number one, and well, of course they're number one, but their backup quarterbacks are all better than what the Lions have. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I mean, when you're the Lions, that I guess probably shouldn't be too shocking, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because we might have the one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league too. So. Yeah, already starting at the bottom, so not too shocking that the backup behind that is also bad. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about this week's game? Uh, yeah, let's talk uh, a little bit about that uh, before we transition into college football. Right. Um, yeah, so the Lions are going to be playing the Packers at home uh, at 1 o'clock on Fox. And I saw today that um, both of our starting tackles are on the COVID list. So that should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I'm not sure if Goff is going to be back or not, if they're just going to let Boyle get playing. Because, like, what's the point? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm to the point where it's like, just put in Blau, because, like, could he really be that much worse? <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he played a, a decent amount in years past. He didn't look horrible. Like, he didn't look great, but he looked okay. Yeah, and also it's, uh, I mean, Rodgers isn't going to play, right? Like He might because I think that the Packers and the Rams right now are tied for the, or the Packers, the Packers have the tiebreaker with the Rams because they beat the Rams. But they're both 12 and 3, I believe. Okay, so they might need the win. Yeah, something like that. So I saw because, something. Yeah, because if they lose and um, the Rams win, I think the Rams will end up getting the number one seed and they get a bye week. So it's kind of important. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw something crazy, not lines related. Let me see if I can. Uh... Yeah, Packers are 13 and three and the Rams are 12 and four. So I guess, you know, if the Rams win, they'll be 13 and four. And if the Packers lose, they'll be 13 and four. With the tiebreaker. With though. the tiebreaker. So most likely he won't play. So maybe that's why the spread is so low. Yeah. But even then they'll have Jordan Love, which is better than anything we got. All right. Um, and they Yeah, not gonna get into that. Uh yeah, here here's the crazy thing that I saw about this weekend's games. Um, so the earlier game, <clears throat> one of the earlier games is the Colts versus the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And if insanity happens and somehow the Colts lose, then the Raiders and the Chargers would both get into the playoffs if they tie. So if the Jaguars somehow beat the Colts, then the Raiders and the Chargers would want to end their game in a tie. (laughs) Because then they both make the playoffs? Yeah. Now, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I'm not the smartest person with this and break it down but um i'm sure if one wins that they'll get in possibly or i'm not sure but yeah, yeah they're be- in the same division yeah so whoever wins would get in but if they both tie they get both in yeah because the raiders and the charges are not both nine and seven right now mm-hmm. um and the chiefs are 11 and 5 Broncos are 7 and 9 that's that whole division yeah they um they play after the game concludes though so it's not like the Colts and the Jaguars play at the same time as the Raiders and the Chargers they they yeah. play afterwards so <laughs> they that thought could honestly enter their minds if that happened but it's not going to happen Jaguars aren't going to win no so Man, I hope they do, because then the Lions look at that number one pick if they lose to the Packers. Yeah, that would be kind of amazing. But The the Lions can win this game. Because if, yeah. they, if they win, they're still going to get the number two pick. Because the Jets are 4-12, and 12 and um, the Houston. Texans are 4-12. and 12. Okay. So, it won't be the worst thing. But... Well, it'll be exciting, I'm sure. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. There have been some really boring games this year. 
So any anything else about that right now or no, I don't think so. Okay. All right. We get to talk about Michigan football, which this year has been so great to talk about, but unfortunately all good things must come to an end and they came to an end a little bit earlier than anybody wanted it to as um, Michigan fell to Georgia in the first round of the college football playoff uh, with a score of 11 to 34. I do have some voicemails here that we'll have to play in a moment. So don't let me forget. Um, <clears throat> just overall, uh, Georgia was just better. Um, everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but most of us felt that Georgia um, became vulnerable uh, when they lost to Bama that Georgia was not really as dominant as they were said to have been because of, you know, the lower quality of teams that they had played throughout the year. Um, but they came out, I mean, they, they were prepared part of, I think a big part of it is that they definitely game planned extremely well to play Michigan. I mean, they took, they took a Jabo and Hutchinson out of the game. Like there was, next to no impact. <clears throat> and so then with that, their offense didn't have a problem and the Georgia defense just locked down completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, this whole thing hinged, uh, n- not to say that I'm coming out and saying that this loss can be blamed on one position group, but really where it came down to was the matchup between Georgia's defensive line and Michigan's offensive line. Uh, Michigan's offensive line was not able to do next to anything. Yeah, it was could, it was awful. It seemed like a lot of times um, when Kate had the ball, like the second he got the ball, there was like two guys in his face. Yeah, it was it was tough. Uh, I mean, like I said, they they won the offensive line award and everything, rightfully so. They had a fantastic year. Not to take anything away from them, but they did not help things in this game. Uh, I mean, I actually looked at it. Don't, don't mark this down as an accurate time, but Cade had maybe two seconds most of the time when he dropped back, which is not a lot. No. Um, and then um, Georgia's quarterback, Bennett, had usually well over four seconds, so twice as long. Um and sometimes even longer than that because Michigan's defense uh, wasn't breaking through the uh, Georgia's offensive line. And so, of course, when that happens, Georgia is going to be able to do whatever they want to. And then the Michigan offense wasn't able to do anything. Um, so, yeah, that that really just shut Michigan down because then the offense wasn't on the field long enough and the defense was on the field the whole time and they got worn down. Uh, they essentially did to Michigan what Michigan was hoping to do to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing really went well for Michigan um, at all throughout the game. Uh, pe- people can uh, people can say what they want to, and it'll be kind of interesting to see what our voicemails say. But uh, I don't blame uh, – uh, some people were really not happy with McNamara. And it's just like, dude, you guys do realize, like, this is McNamara who we – when watching the whole year, like he is a game manager quarterback. He's not Mm -hmm. a superstar quarterback. He's not going to go out there and pull something out of his butt and win the game. 
He's going to take the game plan you gave him and he's going to execute it as best as he can. And he was put in the worst situation as possible with the, um, with not having any time to throw it. So I don't know what people were expecting. Now I, I do agree with some people where I was just kind of like, Hey, you know, it's the second half. McNamara has not been able to do it. We know McCarthy has uh, is able to do a little bit more in the pocket and has a stronger arm. So maybe use McCarthy more just to kind of see what happens. That's kind of the way I was. Yeah, and, and they eventually did, but they waited a little bit too long and not saying at all that if they put him in sooner that anything dramatically different would have changed. Maybe Michigan would have had three more points, but um. Yeah, and nothing really worked for Michigan. Uh, Part of the thing, too, from my perspective, was that I felt like this was a very bland for offensive play calling. Mm -hmm. And now, granted, of course, maybe there were some other things sprinkled in there, but they just got blown up by Georgia, by Georgia's defense, because honestly, that's what every other play was. Uh, So maybe there was going to be some stuff in there, but the only time where it was just like, oh, okay, you know, you guys, you guys put something unique together there was when they finally scored a touchdown. And I think uh, when they went for the two point conversion, I think it, uh, that was the only time where it was just like, okay, you, you gave them a different look there mm-hmm. at the end of the game. Yeah. So that was kind <laughs> of a head scratcher a little bit. Um, again, like I said, I'm sure part of it is in due to. Georgia's dominant defense and not even getting a chance to look down the field for a pass, but there were, there were definitely several times. And I think it was kind of later in the game too, where it was just like, Hey, you guys are doing some plays that take time to develop and you should know by now that you don't have that time. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it was, it was tough. Uh, do yeah, you have secondary looked horrible too? Yes. Yeah. There were several questionable plays. There was the, um, Oh man, there was one where the defender, our defender just stopped, which was really infuriating. And then there was another one. Vincent gray got toasted a couple times. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Steven has something to say about it. Um, but yeah, there was another one too with a, another pass that was just um, super weird about how the defense was. But yeah, a- anything you uh, want to bring up here real quick before I bring out the voicemails? Um, man, not really. I was just really disappointed. I thought we would put up more of a fight than that. Yeah. Yeah. So did I, I think everybody kind of did. And I I think it was a little bit of a perfect storm. I think, uh, I don't want to say like, Oh, Georgia was playing their perfect game and everything. Georgia was definitely on top of their game. And I don't want to say that Michigan was playing their worst. Um, they definitely were not playing their best, but even if Michigan was playing their best, I'm not saying that they would have won that game at all. I'm not saying that. I think it they would have competed better mm-hmm. and it would have been more of a game and a contest, but yeah. So well Georgia just executed the perfect game plan for Michigan's defense. Like it was all like most of the game was screen passes. There's a lot of draws in there. 
quick slants. Mm-hmm. Like that is, you know, completely neutralize Michigan's blitz and like how aggressive the defense is. And Georgia saw it, you know, and it took advantage of it. Yeah. And they had time to as well. Like, yeah. Their offensive line supported it. Yeah. So, you know, that's just like, you know, throwing the screens and stuff that just completely takes both the defensive ends out of the game. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, you know, the secondary was one that surprised me a little bit more because Georgia doesn't have the greatest receiving core. They, mm-hmm. they just don't. Um, well, they're t- outside. Yeah, outside of their tight end, which I thought their tight end was going to destroy us with how yeah, easy he too. made it at the beginning. But and then you know on the defensive side of the ball for Georgia, like Dean just like killed us. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he was there on every single play, and you know it was about the, as soon as the game got off to a fourteen nothing in like no time. I was like, yeah, this is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, how how they scored with like relative ease on both those drives. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I think it was about that time I went and grabbed like my third beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not to say Michigan the Michigan defense made some halftime adjustments because they shut out Georgia in the third quarter and held them to one touchdown in the fourth. And Georgia was still going full speed ahead. Um, so, so they did work out some things in the second half, but of course, by then it was far too little too late. Yeah. Cause it was uh 27 to three at halftime. Um, so yeah, they just, Georgia got ahead too far, too fast. And then Michigan didn't have any hope of doing anything after that. And I think I did say uh, whatever team scores over 30 points is going to win this game. Um, or maybe I said if Michigan scores 30 points, they're going to win this game. But, yeah, so that's the way it turned out. And, yeah, not not so much a competitive game. So uh, we'll definitely talk more about some stuff. I, I do want to jump into these voicemails just so that I don't forget them. So let's go ahead and do that. Rock. Fellas, what's going on? Y'all know what this is. You know, I almost don't even know where to start. Um, normally, this is where you say, well, we had a good season, so on and so forth. No, man, I, I ain't. No. I mean, a better season would have been winning. But Georgia, hats off to them, their speed and athleticism really show Michigan has to recruit differently, has to recruit better. They need more athletes, all those Michigan guys, man. They got to get away from them. Thank goodness they aren't going up to six or seven guys in state. Uh, that's that's not going to get it done. The offensive line got completely dominated tonight. Uh, Kay McNamara, I don't know if he listens to the show. If you do, Kay, man, we appreciate everything you contributed to this team. But you got to go, bro. Um, <clears throat> you're a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He is. He's not, he's not going to get them over the hump. He's taking them as far as he can go. Not they can go, but as far as he can go. He's like, he's a good quarterback. He's solid. He's probably a nice individual. 
know, kisses babies, feeds puppies, you know, gets all A's. He might be one of those guys, but they need a killer. <clears throat> JJ's that killer. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in camp, but I could very, yeah, I don't know, but JJ is what's needed. <clears throat> um, Vincent Gray. I just pulled, you know, I just pulled up home. I have, I'm, 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 I left my second job. I'm sitting in the car. I ain't even going in the house. Like, cause I, I didn't want to take that negative, negativity in my house with Vincent Gray, what I'm about to say about this brother. Man, I don't know what kind of degree he's going for, but he better go work for, you know, AutoZone Corporate or AT&T or something. He's not going to the NFL, man. Like, the closest he's going to get is if he buys Madden. And he creates a player, and it's him. Man, like this, I think Desmond Howard is in his early 50s. And Vincent Gray can't cover him. Like, this this guy is horrible, man. I mean, <laughs> go blue. All right, Stephen, thanks for the voicemail. Um, yep, uh, well, we were right. Brandon, there was mention of uh, Vincent Gray. And I think that was um, uh, a justified kind of approach to uh, McNamara. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I I say kind of the same thing, except for just in a different way, where it's just like, yeah, you know, McNamara did what he did. Like, you can't expect more from McNamara because that's that's what he's got. And uh, he called it the killer instinct, and I definitely agree. Uh, McNamara is not the quarterback with that. Um, uh, essentially kind of, and, and I think I, I kind of got a little jaded a little bit with this uh, college football playoff game where it's just like, um, because I kind of forgot that we've talked about that and about like, you know, McNamara is the game manager and he's he's not going to be able to take, take it to the next level or take uh, the quarterback play to the next step. Um, and kind of should have seen how that may not have matched up well, especially against a team as powerful as, uh, as strong as Georgia, but McNamara, like big 10, like he, he did great. And in, if there is future big 10 games for him, he'll do great. I'm confident in that. But when you're getting against that top tier stuff, I, uh, I know that Ohio state is really good too. Um, this isn't their best year. Um, as we've seen in some recent years, while this is probably Georgia's best year, um, to kind of just put in comparison and everything, but yeah, everybody needs to step up. Um, but McNamara or the quarterback play definitely can as, uh, needs to as well to be able to play at that top level. So, uh, thoughts, reactions, responses to, Steven's voicemail, Brandon? Uh, no, I just, I knew he was going to say something about Vincent Gray and uh, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, he, at the beginning of the season, he was a little rough. Once the season went on, you know, he showed some flashes of being competent, I guess. And then, um, yeah, in the, in the game against Georgia, he was just, he was just bad. Very bad. Um, and, you know, as far as, like, McNamara, like you said, 
We both talked about it. Like like you said, he's a game manager. He's not the guy that's going to go out and just be winging it all over the field. Um, he, His mobility is kind of like similar to Matthew Stafford, where it's like you don't expect him to run, but when he does, you're just like, oh, he's a little more, he's got a little more speed than I thought, but he's not a guy that's going to go out and make things happen with his feet. Yeah, not like JJ. he's a guy. If there's an open lane, he's gonna take it, and he could probably get you a first down. And he, you know, he's gonna run his hardest to get there. And he's a competitive guy, but it's just he's also kind of laid back at the same time. You got he's got kind of that laid back demeanor, where you can see more of like the athleticism and killer instinct in McCarthy. Mm-hmm. So you know, like like Stephen said, like. He's a good quarterback, but he's not the guy that's going to get you over that hump mm. where you can see it more in JJ. And I agree with that. Yeah. And actually, what I'll say too, like, I haven't, I, I agree. Vincent Gray did not do a good job. Uh, Vincent Gray has had his uh, struggles through the year. Um, but one thing is that it just got, I don't know, maybe Georgia specifically went after him because they knew that he was vulnerable. Um, but it definitely, um, he definitely got exposed in this game. And part, and that kind of goes back to what we already talked about where Georgia was just dominating Michigan. And so Bennett had all the time he needed in the pocket, which is not normal mm-hmm. for, uh, when Michigan is playing defense. And so that exposed Vincent Gray. Um, not, not making excuses for him. Cause you know, at, at that level and everything, you know, Michigan needs to get better play out of his secondary. Um, but it's what Michigan had and what Michigan was using and it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. So, uh, yep. That's probably enough of what I'll say with that. Uh, we do have a second voicemail here, so let's include that here as well. Yeah, this is my second call. I'm still sitting in the car, man. I just, you know, I don't have the strength to get out. I want to talk about the staff on this one. Um, gotta, gotta, gotta develop a killer mindset, a killer instinct. I'm glad to see some of those guys stay on the field. Blake Corn, JJ McCarthy, Angel Anthony, uh, Mike Morris, Donovan Edwards, and just soak that in. <clears throat> it reminds me of like in baseball, you never see a team win the World Series without the other team watching them celebrate. It's like motivation. It's like, okay, well, we don't want this feeling anymore. And and these are freshmen pretty much and sophomores saying, I don't want this feeling. So hopefully next year we'll see a better version of uh, Michigan. But the staff has to, has to, like I said, recruit better and, and, and do better when it comes to toughness. Like, you got to get your very, very best out of them because Georgia just played on another level, man. Like Michigan, Michigan has to get to the point where they just hate their opponent. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I can say it now. Michigan still should have been the number one seed. They should have played Cincinnati. Georgia should have played Alabama. Like, I, people get tired of seeing the SEC championship game relive in the national championship. I get tired of that. A lot of people are so tired of it. Like, they're tired of it. <clears throat> and this, they make it seem like this is the dominant conference. Of course, it's going to look like that. When you're, when you're ensuring that two, the two top teams from the conference go to the championship, 
that's not that's not really fair, but you know it is what it is. Somebody just has to do something about it. Like Cincinnati played well, but they were just outmanned. Michigan, you know, Michigan wasn't outmanned. They they just didn't play as physical and fast. That's why I was saying you gotta you gotta recruit better players. All those three stars, that it comes a time where you gotta be like, no. I mean, you gotta be four because you can develop threes, fours, and fives. And no, uh, <laughs> is Georgia just overall better than Michigan? You can say. But I could also say that there, it, it, it comes to coaching too. There, there were nine legitimate Michigan starters that shouldn't have been on the field tonight. But Michigan is a good team. They, they just need a coaching staff to bring it out of. Now it's about becoming ruthless. Like you gotta, you gotta treat everybody like Georgia next year. Gonna be like, hey, we, we're pissed. So y'all just gonna have to suffer. Whether it's Hawaii, Michigan State, or O State, they gotta suffer. So now it's on the staff. That's all I got. But Vincent Grave, you listening, brother? Man, go blue. All right, Steven. Thanks for the second voicemail. Appreciate it. Um, man, actually, that was – I really liked what he said there. That's probably one of the things that I've liked the most out of all his voicemails uh, was something that he just said right there. Um, and it's kind of simple and I wouldn't be surprised if like it's been mentioned somewhere else. Um, but just like Michigan needs to play next year. Like every team is Georgia. Mm-hmm. That is great. And honestly, I feel like that should be plastered everywhere. And I really do hope that uh, the team and the staff kind of takes that mindset because they should, they should be like, Hey, uh, I-, I totally agree with Steven. Um they should be like, hey, you know, this let's go into this. Like, this is this dominant team that embarrassed us last year. And let's dissect them, know their weaknesses, and attack them and expose them and just dominate them like we were dominated. Um, because yeah, that's that's what they need. I mean, they they had a good mentality and a good approach this year and everything, and it got them through a lot of stuff. They had that that hatred and that motivation uh, against Ohio state. But I mean, you know, you can't, you can't ride something from last year to the next year and the next year, like you, you need to, you need to get focused every year. And I think that that the way that he said that too, is just a great idea. And I mean, I'm sure some of them think that, but if the whole locker room mindset could be like that. I think that could go a long way for them. Yeah. Um, I'll say one annoying thing is he had all these Sparty fans like talking crap. Oh, Michigan didn't even hardly show up and like posting memes of like, um, fans in a crowd with their hands on their head and like, like, Oh, remember the trouble with the snap and, um, well, your offense didn't even show up. Like, shut up. You didn't even, like, score a damn point when you made it to the playoff. You got annihilated yeah. by Bama. <laughs> yeah. No, I that that stuff, it's annoying. It's stupid. It's – I don't even give it two, two seconds of my time. Cause, yeah, I just saw it and, like, rolled my eyes. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. It's like, whatever, you know, good, good for you guys. Have fun in the Oahu Bowl or whatever it was. Yeah, good good job. You guys beat Pitt. That was without Kenny Pickett. Yeah. With a third string quarterback. Yeah, a third string. Yep. And yeah. you barely beat him. 
Mm-hmm. So, but hey, you know, if they want to chime in, good for them. Um, I, I'm right there with you, though, Stephen. I, I hate the SEC national championship matchup. I'm not watching the game. Uh, I, I am just adamant of whenever that happens, I don't watch. I, I don't care. It makes it to the point where, you know, I just do not care and have no interest. I, I don't, uh, I'm not going to watch it. I don't know if there are many other people out there who think the same, but uh, what it happened a couple of years ago, I didn't watch it. I'm not watching it this year. I don't understand. I, it honestly seems like it goes to the whole, um, as he said to, you know, Oh, the sec is the best conference and everything. It's just like, well, I don't know, whatever. I'm not really going to get into that. Um, one thing that I will kind of quickly say and everything, I posted some stuff about it. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll do a little talk, uh, something after our regular episodes are done, but, uh, with all that we saw with all the players that opted out this year, which rightfully is, I mean, they can do whatever they want. I'm not like coming in here saying players need to play because the fans deserve it. No, I'm nothing like that, but I do like it when teams play at their full strength. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I put a thing out there where I honestly feel like a 20 team playoff would be the right thing to do. Screw like, Oh, let's make it six. Let's make it eight. No, like go to the end. Like don't, change this now and then a couple years later come back and be like oh let's change it again just fix it um and so with 20 teams um yeah you know i mean like there are gonna be some teams that obviously um deserve a shot at the championship than others but you never know what's going to happen and also when you have a 20 team playoff teams are going to want to play for their chance to be in the national championship game you're not going to have all these players opt out as much and you're going to get some pretty interesting matchups. So that's kind of like my two quick cents on that, where it's just like, you know, it, it makes things better Then when you get, so right now, yeah, you, the playoff is two games to get to the national championship <laughs> game. So guess what? There are going to be some lopsided victories sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if you have 20 teams and all those games to get played, yes, you're going to have some of them, but then you're going to have some really awesome games. Like, dude, I think that Ohio State and Utah could have done some cool stuff in a big expanded playoff. I mean, yeah. not saying that I would want Ohio State to do something great, but I'm just saying, like, there were some other teams out there that, you know, if you it, it, like Utah, Ohio State, if that was a playoff game, like how crazy would have that been and then been like okay ohio state moves on to the next round you know stuff like that like in a, in a playoff uh picture you know the iowa uh kentucky game could have been a playoff game and then kentucky would have played in the next round but no that's that's not what they do they just have these bowl games out there that are with some decent good or great fantastic matchups sometimes that don't do anything but anyways, like I said, I'm not going to dive too much into that because we still have to move on because, gosh, we still have to do a uh, score predictions and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, so Stephen, thank you for the voicemails. Uh, 
appreciate it. We will be doing next week is going to be talking about the Lions file game. And then we are going to be doing kind of like a season of uh, review of the season for both the Lions and Michigan. Uh, so that's going to be our episode next week to be looking for that. Uh, Brandon, do you want to get started on kind of Lions predictions with Green Bay? Yeah. Um, I'm still predicting a loss for the Lions. You know, whether Aaron Rodgers plays or not, um, I'm expecting the Packers to win 42 to 23. Oh, man. I'm going high this time because I went low last time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. I almost said <clears throat> the reverse score um, when I was writing that down for you. Yeah, right. Like the. Lions didn't score that much. Um, yeah, I, I'm anticipating uh, a loss as well, with or without um, Rodgers. Um, I think this week just, you know, made the Lions kind of the Lions went back to their bad play. I, I uh, The Green Bay defense is better than Seahawks defense, in my opinion, and the offense um, I don't think is going to do that great. Uh, so I don't think we're going to see anything like last week, but who knows? It's Lions, so maybe they'll all want to show up. Uh, I'm going to do uh, Detroit 17 and Green Bay 35. Rock. So another loss, another step closer to draft pick, and hey, go Jaguars, right? <laughs> right. I don't see it happening, but it would be nice. It would be nice. Um, no, no Michigan game. So uh, then we go to our locks of the week. Uh, what What do you have for your NFL lock? Um, I have the Vikings covering the two and a half, the negative two and a half against the Bears. Bears just suck. Yeah, they do. Holy crap. I mean, the Vikings really aren't that great either, but I think they'll cover it. Well, the the Bears did uh, put up, what was it? Because they were my last uh, lock last week, and they obliterated the Giants, but it's not like the Giants are good. So, um, I am going to... Mm, man, not liking very many of these. I think I'm going to go ahead and take the uh, the Browns covering a negative three versus the Bengals. Yeah. Um, just because they're coming off a loss. Bengals they, are hard to figure out. Yeah, the Bengals are back and forth a little bit. It is a home game for Cleveland, so that's a little bit of what I'm banking on too. So, but Hey, what's, what's life without gambling, right? Right. Uh, what do you have for your question of the week? Oh, will the lions get a total of 125 rushing yards against the Packers over under? Oh, okay. Over under 125? Yeah. 
And I'm going to say under. Yeah. With both tackles being out. Yeah, I'm going to go under too. Yep, easily go I was originally going to have a question about Aaron Rodgers, but I was like, he might not even play. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is Aaron Rodgers a douchebag? Yes or no? Yes. Emphatically, yes. One million points. Welcome to Whose Line Is Anyway, where the points don't matter. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. That's what we got here. Um, so, yeah, no more Michigan football. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, and so a quick thing to mention here, don't want to get into too much because I, I think I'll talk about more next – or I definitely will talk about more next week. But I do want to say a little bit different approach than uh, Stephen. Everybody's got their own perspectives. But, you know, the first half of the game, I was – frustrated because I was just like, dude, come on. This should have been a competition. But -hmm. then by the second half, I was just like, you know what? Honestly, I never in a million years thought Michigan was going to be in the playoff. No, me either. That's I was saying like, I only expect them to win five games, I think. Yeah. And Steven Steven let us know that we were crazy for thinking that. Right. And Mm -hmm. he was right. Um, So and he was right about saying this was the year they were going to be at Ohio State. Um, so, I mean, was it disappointing? Absolutely. Absolutely disappointing. Wanted a competitive game. It wasn't, but I couldn't be mad about it. Um, because you know, they got 12 wins, beat Ohio state for the first time in a decade, got a big 10 championship for the first time since like 2003, four, uh, something like that. Um, honestly, probably the biggest disappointing thing was how the coaching staff let the team down and allowed that Michigan state loss to happen. Um, maybe, maybe it was the kick in the pants that helped them get through the rest of the season undefeated. I don't know, but yeah, so that's, that's my, uh, quick comment on that more next week. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. If you get, if anybody does have any thoughts, uh, Lions or Michigan, um, as we do the end of the season recap next week, uh, feel free to call 551-258-3276. And we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue.